No, we're, uh, it's going to be a light night. We'll go ahead and get started. Um, I'll make it, uh, we'll make it kind of quick tonight. There's not a ton in the news, but there's some good key issues and key things that have come out. Um, one of which I will kind of start and I'll allow Dave to, uh, elaborate on a little bit. Um, but, uh, I just wanted to touch base with y'all. We got, we do have some exciting news and we've got some kind of, uh, bummer news, but at the same time, we felt it was better overall, at least for the meantime. But I'm going to start with some interesting news. Um, this is coming out of DJI, and let me get my screen share going here. Apparently, I'm not doing that yet. Let's see. Uh, screens. No. I just want... Okay, here we go. Yeah, don't share the wrong tab. <laughs> All right. So we've got uh, DJI is releasing a mini special edition, um, and uh, it's basically a revamp of the um, original DJI uh, Mavic Mini. Um, and cool thing about this is it's got the same features as the original mini it's um all around pretty much the same thing uh supposedly it comes with a uh, controller and everything for 300 dollars, and it's being sold uh supposedly at walmart now i did go on walmart's website and i couldn't find it so either they may be sold out but i did find a couple dji mini kits like the fly more combos that were sub $500 and when this thing came out um and the uh DJI Mini 2 they're both $500 um opening price point and that's not including like fly more combos or anything like that so um and apparently it's been kind of released with zero fanfare but um the interesting thing about it is you know the DJI has pretty much gotten their money's worth out of the original Mini so being able to sell possibly excess inventory or, you know, still keep the, the the easy production going on these and still make a little bit more money out of them is obviously a good idea for them, um, as well as there's some other competitors coming into the market uh, with the sub-250 uh, aerial photography type drones, um, including a, a new Hubson Zeno Mini Pro. Um, so... Uh, it's pretty interesting. Uh, I, I've always wanted one of these DJI minis, so I might pick one up if I can find one for uh, $300, that's for sure. Um, just to have something I can throw in a backpack if I'm out hiking or something like that. So, um, yeah, uh, pretty much uh, some interesting uh, feedback there. Now, this is something I believe we talked about, was it last week, Dave? Or was it during our meeting? Uh, this is the uh, NASA UAS safety reporting system. It was during our meeting, okay. yep. So uh, we were kind of talking about this uh, during our intercompany meeting here, but uh, um, I wanted to kind of bring this up because it's an interesting uh, kind of program that NASA is operating. So... Um, the NASA UAS safety reporting system is open and you can volunteer information guaranteed to be kept confidential and not get you into trouble with the FAA. 
Um, the NASA UAS Safety Reporting System is part of NASA's Aviation Safety Reporting System, uh, which is voluntary, voluntary, confidential, and non-punitive. Uh, it's a safety reporting system that receives safety reports from pilots, air traffic controllers, dispatchers, cabin crew, maintenance techs, and now UAS operators. Um, the advanced, I'm sorry, the um, aviation safety reporting system uh, has been a part of the aviation safety culture for over 45 years and has collected and analyzed over 1.7 million safety reports. Um, these reports describe unsafe occurrences, hazardous situations, and lessons learned to help prevent others from making the same mistakes. And that's just the number from Alex's crashes during his race practice, right? Impossibly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, that actually brings up something that I, was, that I was wondering. What if we reported local BV loss racing and show how there's know it how there aren't really any incidents so they have data on that to prove it well it'd so be i don't think that's exactly but, what they're looking for but you know that could be a way that they could get data it could it be way, absolutely it is a way they could get data because it was it is uh, anonymized mm -hmm, and absolutely when we, when we were working on the drone advisory committee safety culture tasking group this became a, a, a big topic and uh the uh, folks who are who fly um, uh, manned aircraft uh, feel that this was one of the most significant events in uh, safety aviation or safe aviation in the United States. And well, we got to uh, chat with uh, the folks at NASA and ask them up one side and down the other: Is it really anonymized? You know, and not only were the NASA people firm on, yeah, well, you know, no one can get the data. It you know, we wipe the data clean before it gets archived, and before it gets stored anywhere. And uh, also the pilots uh, who used it, and were like, yeah. And so it has a, a significant benefit in uh, manned aviation. Um, and I know we, uh, we were uh, making uh, uh, light of this with respect to recreational. But as we thought about it from a perspective of Part 107, uh, folks uh, coming in, maybe they're a videographer and they're getting into drones and they're, they've got their 107, might, might have utility there. Uh, but you know, we do. Uh, uh, but uh, Alex, you also bring up a good point, not the design point of the tool, but possibly a way to get uh, data on uh, BV loss because it's anonymized. I like that thought a lot. Mm-hmm. The long range groups could even post their share their stuff too. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, it's a good I would. Re Let's see. We got uh, extra uh, BB LOS. It can't be done without a huge toll of loss lives. <laughs> well, I think that's kind of the point: is that uh, getting them the data points uh, to uh, potentially see that it's uh, not a huge toll in lost lives would be key, and I think that's kind of key to Alex's point there. Uh, text jet, I would report something, but I never see a drone quad UAS in the air except for my own. And that just comes around to, you know, the area around you, if it's a big hot spot for drone activity or not. Are um, they asking for only unsafe things or are they asking for anything? So I was just going to go into that. So th it says that this is not the place to report criminal activity or a serious accident, but it is a place to report problems like a near miss with another aircraft, issues that arise from equipment failure, communications loss, environmental hazards, human error, and more. 
NASA uses the information to develop best practices for procedures and checklists for drone safety ops and to communicate lessons learned so that other pilots won't make the same mistake. Additionally, information could be used to identify equipment, software, and automation issues that can contribute to UAS incidents and resolve these issues to improve safety, NASA points out. Um, uh, it says NASA, um, the UAS safety reporting system is only as useful as drone pilots make it. To encourage honest reporting, the system is confidential, something that NASA emphasizes. All reports are held in strict confidence and de-identified by the ARS safety analyst. The resulting anonymous aviation safety data is shared with the aviation and UAS communities. The ID strip containing your name, address, phone number is removed and sent back to you by mail as proof of submission. The report is de-identified and personal references are moved and dates and times locations are generalized. NASA will not reveal your identity. Right. And, so, and this is, this is self-reporting from looking at some mm -hmm. of the chats. This is not reporting someone else. This is self-reporting. So, oh, mm -hmm. I shouldn't have I shouldn't have done this. You send in a report on yourself, and it gets uh, logged and anonymized. Easy so, and it also goes on to say drones have a great safety record as industry moves forward into aircraft certification, more advanced operations. Data about personal risks and problems is critical for drone pilots as well as lawmakers. The drone industry has like, developed. What's that? I said that sounds like we could submit our BV law stuff. Well, I mean, it's open now, so uh, maybe uh, we can go in and explore what the options are. Uh, if we got time towards the end of this, we'll go in it together as a group and we'll see what we find there. Yeah, I'd just be curious uh, if they um, did find but... a way to use it against you. Mm hmm. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, the, answer, the answer to that is no, because. You know, Everything's not. Well, like no connection back to you. Like what Bruce is saying. Oh, suddenly we've seen this huge spike in reports, so things must be bad. So we should have more regulations because there's a whole bunch of reports of safety violations. As a pop, as a population, absolutely, you've got a point. But in terms mm -hmm. of uh, enforcement to an individual, no. Yep. I kind of see where you're coming from, Dan, in terms of, you know, future regulatory actions or something like that. Um, so, uh, and, and that does make sense. Um, but at the same time, you know, the, the, the general gist, I think, in, in terms of reporting stuff would be, will I get in trouble if I self-report? And the answer to that. So. I like text checks comment. They must think I'm stupid. Can't keep... From doing stupid <laughs> so, so this is used by airline pilots so as well as uh you know uh, just about everyone in manned aviation so mm -hmm. and they they rave about it so it's you know we we talked about including this in this conversation and you know we had some of the same initial responses but it's it's here and uh it's you know, there for our use and already alex has come up with a good productive idea Mm hmm. And that may be something we can work with them about. Maybe instead of just, you know, we can, you know, talk with them and be like, hey, instead of just focusing on unsafe occurrences, let's focus on example. Let's bring a second focus on good examples of the way things are being well, utilized. They Well, the thing is, BV loss, they consider it unsafe. Currently, they consider it unsafe. So it would still fall under this yeah. until they get the data right absolutely i don't know if they would need a separate thing i see where you're coming from i got gotcha. you 
All right, so this is pretty cool. Uh, this is going to be uh, obviously more of a, uh, a kind of blend between manned aviation and uh, and unmanned, but uh, this is uh, Boeing's uh, refueling drone. Um, this is a pretty cool thing. And in fact, uh, Dave sent this to me uh, the other day as a cool article, and my wife sent this to me about two days before that. <laughs> So <laughs> she thought it was pretty spiffy too. Uh, so an unmanned aircraft produced by Boeing recently performed the world's first air-to-air -air refueling. During the test flight, the MQ-25 Stingray successfully extended a hose and drogue to safely transfer jet fuel to a UA uh, U.S. Navy um, FAA-18 Super Hornet. The FAA-18 test pilot flew in close formation behind the MQ-25 to ensure performance and stability prior to refueling. Both aircraft were flying at operationally relevant speeds and altitudes. With the evaluation safety completed, the MQ-25 drogue was extended, and the FAA-18 pilot moved a plug with the unmanned aircraft and received the scheduled fuel offload. Um, they uh, said this is a history-making event is credited to our joint Boeing and Navy team that is all in on delivering MQ-25's critical aerial refueling capability to the fleet as soon as possible. So this is pretty cool. And this is a tiny little thing. It's It looks like it's extending the drogue just off a, a fuel tank um, that's sitting under the wing. Um, but still uh, pretty cool to be able to pop one of these up. Um, yeah. It struck me as uh, really interesting. Is it uh, Alex? Do you know the the designation of the uh, the current fueler? Is it KC one forty six? I don't remember. I'm pretty sure it's based on a seven oh seven or a DC ten. Uh, I thought maybe? it was. Uh, I don't think it's a. Uh, I don't. But I don't remember old. exactly. <laughs> old, old, yeah. old, old. Mm -hmm. And so, if you follow uh, federal grant uh, contracts. Airbus won the contract to build the United States a military uh, fueling uh, tanker, and that was stopped. And uh, the U.S. government said, you know, maybe we should ask a U.S. manufacturer to provide a, a tanker for us for free fueling. And so that's in the works. And then I saw this and thought, wow, some a little, little refuelers. How interesting. Because mm -hmm. these, you know, these things are normally monstrous. Well, yeah, I mean, they're carrying massive amounts of fuel, but even just for, you know, I mean, this could be useful in like, uh, you know, high intensity situations where a big aircraft would be a problem where, you know, these little ones, especially little if you make stealth. one of these stealth, that can be a little more uh, clandestine, I, I guess. I wouldn't be surprised if every other, if every area, every other spot in the aircraft that isn't the engine and everything is a fuel tank too really yeah i wouldn't agreed. be surprised yeah why not yeah you're not risking a pilot yeah yeah absolutely they could use 30 <laughs> 737 mac <laughs> i wonder how they got their bv loss waiver uh the military <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Let's see. Um, this comes from Aviation Today. Link. So the FAA is asking for a budget increase for unmanned traffic sustainability and safety oversight. 
so the FAA administration is requesting a budget increase for 2022 as it seeks to update its air traffic control system, make investments in safety and next generation systems, and address the impact of aviation on climate change. Uh, the budget request was released on May 28th and totals $18.5 billion, a 2.7 increase from this year, uh, with $11.4 billion for safety operations. Um, so uh, it, goes, it goes into detail. So the FAA is requesting a total of over $100 million in funding for UAS research development and integration. Um, the request includes 23.1 million and 46 full-time permanent and 23 full-time equivalent employees to be divided between aviation safety, security, and hazardous material safety, and air traffic organization. This funding will help manage the implementation of rules, legislation, and policy like remote ID and UAS traffic management, improve outreach and support to UAS stakeholders, and expand partnerships with state, local, and tribal governments. Um, they are also requesting $31.3 million for UAS implementation, uh, which includes $2.9 million for uh, the FAA Drone Zone website, um, it, which uh, is the cloud-based IT platform that includes UAS registration, Part 107 authorization, and waivers, and accident reporting. Man, you could build a um, heck of a website it, for a few million dollars. Bro, like... You're on way, too. <laughs> That's that's insane. <laughs> 2.9 million dollars. Uh goodness, these people. Uh let's see, as part of the FAA's next gen budget request, the agency wants twenty-four million dollars for UAS concept validation and requirements development, UAS flight information management, and urban air mobility. So uh for those not in the know, uh UAS uh, uh urban mobility would be Things like uh, flying taxis and stuff like that. So um, another interesting aspect of the there's an org there was some organizational push and pull around um, uh, urban urban air mobility and uh, there was a push to have it separated from UAS and separated to have their own FACA, uh, not the Drone Advisory Committee. And it looks like it's going the other way and staying together. So hmm. that that's important from uh, you know who you are, organizational, you know, the authority of one organization for, versus another. Let's see. We've also got twenty-two million for a UAS research program to study UAS in the national airspace and develop regulatory standards. This research oh, would develop and validate, detect, and avoid systems, command and control link performance, and pilot and visual observer training and qualifications. Hmm. <sighs> really some of that would go to the uh, CTI program for those schools. Yeah, absolutely. And um, that's the weird part well. is visual observer yeah. training. That's alluding so to things that is going to need to be certified. That doesn't need it what? now. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're sort of jumping to a conclusion there by saying we're going to do research on this oh but we don't we're also going to jump ahead and pay for for that training like before we've even done the research to see if it's necessary uh interesting so let's see uh, XJet, have these people actually looked out their windows and seen that the skies aren't exactly darkened by swarms of drones? When in fact, in fact, when look, don't see even a single drone ever. Yeah, it's it's pretty rare. I, I'll catch one every 
great once in a while, but I don't even see my own because I've got goggles on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you see your propellers, right? I mean, on certain (laughs) certain frames. (laughs) It's in visual line of sight. I'm sorry. I went there. All right. Um, So lots of extra money. Uh, Hopefully extra money does not include extra regulations, but, uh, you know, We'll see what happens. Hopefully, with a uh, a little bit uh, forty six uh, full time permanent staff and twenty three full time equivalent, maybe we'll have a little uh, little uh, group of people that can help us uh, reach out to the FAA. That should be uh, plenty of money to hold uh, a as a hobby, a recreational symposium once a year. Ah, <laughs> you know, I think so. I think so. And uh, not have to charge everybody hundreds outreach, of dollars so. to attend. <laughs> Right. Well, it does say outreach. That's one of their reasoning. So uh, we will we will definitely be communicating about that. So. Um, all right. Next, uh, if you happen to live in Louisiana, I don't know if anybody does, but uh, some people do. So flying a drone near a pipeline could soon cost you four thousand dollars in Louisiana. I guess there's a, a new bill um, that's in front of the governor there. Uh, that would seriously increase the penalties for flying drones over petrochemical facilities and pipelines, doubling the previous fine from 2000 to 4000 as well as increasing the maximum prison sentence from one year to two years for a second offense. Um, let's see. It says the told a house at lists uh, Jeff Hirsch, a lieutenant detective with the St. Charles Parish Sheriff's Office, told a House Administration of Criminal Justice Committee. Wow, that's a lot of big words last month that his office had detected 58,000 drones and has talked to 32 drone drone operators who had flown illegally over certain facilities. But Hirsch added, most of those operators weren't Antifa or some other conservative boogeyman, but rather kids playing around with their new toy. 58,000 drones in one month? In one month. Yeah. Somebody's making some stuff up here. Or they're yeah, just I'm with you, text detecting jet. airwaves from really Maybe far the, away. Yeah, it could be a big area. What's that, their detection method? Something oh. like aeroscope, just checking so, out any possible yeah. frequencies that match, and uh, it's crazy. Saying that's a drone. Fifty-eight thousand drones. Yeah, I'm, I'm calling bull honky on that one. Yeah, and All none right, of those so pipelines were like... damaged in any way. <laughs> oh, well, you know, kids. I mean, yeah. That's the ones that they talked to. <laughs> those are the only ones so, they could catch. Uh, pretty interesting. Um, I'm not going to go into depth on the rest of it, but uh, I just wanted to kind of call that out. If you fly in Louisiana, don't fly over the petrochemical plants. Hopefully you're not one of the supposed 58,000 people or 58,000 drones. That's a lot. That's a lot, a lot. It's a lot of battery packs in one dip. <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> real. Racing practice. How many would that be a day? <laughs> That'd be over a thousand a day. Fifty-eight thousand drones in the whole Southwest. <laughs> that's funny. Well, if you, if it's the same pilot doing racing practice nearby, <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of pack. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> All right, so this is uh, kind of some of our big news. Um, the FAA uh, administrator announces a formation of a beyond visual line of sight rulemaking committee for drones. 
Um, so this is uh, similar to the original arc that came through. Um, that uh, they are now creating a um, BVLOS um, rulemaking committee. So this group is going to be made up of Dave. I think about ninety different uh, people, companies, organizations uh, that kind of run the gamut uh, of uh, UAS industry and kind of beyond um, with some of these. We've got uh, people like Verizon and Google Wing and and fun stuff. But um, awesomely, we were asked to join this as well, the FPVFC. So um, this is going to be a pretty cool thing where we can go in and maybe basically help the agency develop a regulatory path for routine beyond visual line of sight operations. So um, we're hoping, uh, as usual, that we're able to make an impact. Um, I believe uh, currently our track record is pretty good with being able to make some impact on some regulations and uh, recommendations that have been put forth to the um, FAA on, on regulations. So we're hoping to carry that into uh, this next uh, endeavor that we're going to be joining. Here. So Dave, I'll let you kind of pick up on this a little bit. Yeah, and uh, uh, we're we're happy to be uh, to be asked to uh, to participate in this uh, aviation rulemaking committee. There are, as uh, as Josh was saying, ninety other uh, companies, and that's it. Also uh, notable is that there are no other recreational organizations or associations. Now, yeah, to go to X just like, uh, point there, he's like saying it should be loaded with recreational, but like you're saying, it's just the FPV Freedom Coalition. I'm going to be dropping a link here that's got the uh, different members, uh, the proposed members. Yeah. So is not on there either. That's so that was where AMA is not there. Uh, DJI is not there. Uh, so yeah, there's we're it in terms of uh, recreational representation. Now the the good news is uh, from the work that we've done on the on the DAC as well as uh, being associated with the uh, drone uh, DSPA uh, DSP Alliance Drone Service Provider Alliance. Kenji Sugahara is uh, on uh, uh, on this group. So there are there are a number of people as well as John Hagrains from Aloft. Uh, previously named Kitty Hawk. So lots of uh, people that we know and we've been working with. So we'll be able to create a, uh, a coalition. More committee loading. Yes, yes. Um, okay. Um, we're, we're still positive because uh, we, we are making a difference in the, the seven uh, DAC tasking groups that we've been on. And uh, we'll be able to make a difference on this. And it's uh, we are uh, we have a, uh, a respected repu reputation, and, uh, and this is positive. And, and uh, so I'm enthused about this. Also, to Bruce's point, where he's talking about uh, beyond visual line of sight is legal in Canada for sub 250 gram craft. I believe we're planning on uh, getting more data from Canada to pass along through the ARC to the FAA, uh, specifically about that. Mm -hmm. Right. One of the things that's also significant is that there will be the, uh, uh, for those of us of my vintage from uh, Get Smart Days, the cone of silence will be lowered. And so we will <laughs> uh, not be able to uh, talk about the uh, the contents uh, of this. 
the information will be embargoed and unfortunately it may never uh, see the light of day it will most assuredly be passed from the arc uh, to the faa but it may not uh, be public uh, we'll see uh, uh, certainly i would like to see it public and i'd like to see uh, periodic announcements but that's the uh, the way that these work uh, i'll note that if you if you search on the uh, uh, remote id arc that was uh, an, a, a group uh, of far more than 90 people uh, they met for several years but that document was not uh, taken in, uh, in as input into the remote id nprm but it was heavily referenced and considered as part of the astm standard as well as the uh, final rule so this will be uh, uh, an opportunity for us to uh, to get our voices heard. Mm -hmm. um, there are some, uh, you know, I, I'm going to point out, there are some excellent um, companies that are on here. And Dave mentioned uh, Aloft. Um, and uh, we've got drone responders on here. Uh, got... Um, couple of the uh, test sites that are being utilized. You've got, uh, um, let's see, who else do we have? Um, doo -doo, I'm trying to go through all of these. We have the ASTM, um, which is an organization that we are uh, involved with as well in, in terms of uh, working on remote ID um, modules, broadcast modules, and, and whatnot. Um, and a member. Yep, absolutely. And uh, so there are some uh, excellent companies on here. And then there's, you know, companies like, uh, or organizations like the um, uh, Commercial Drone Alliance and stuff that we're going to have to, you know, kind of, you know, figure some stuff out with. Uh, but at the same time, you know, that's what these, these groups are for is to kind of get abroad. Now, we wish that creational, absolutely. Yeah, really, um, hopefully but, we can uh, get them to, again, stress the fact that one size doesn't fit all, that when people are talking mm -hmm. about gigantic delivery drones flying from Amazon warehouses to do beyond visual line of sight is a totally different thing from a recreational FPV user flying in a park. So... Um, and another thing is, is that, you know, through um, his work on the... Uh, DAC, uh, Dave has made some great friends among a lot of these different organizations. So uh, we have built up our list of allies. So uh, rest assured, we will tap that energy uh, as well when we're working on this stuff. Now, the first set of recommendations to come out of this uh, is a six-month uh, six month timeline after creation, correct, Dave? Correct. And what they want is they want the uh, the, the arc to be done. And so, any while the uh, the term or the period that uh, the arc is uh, you know, un, is uh, chartered, I think it's five years. They want uh, the charter open so that there can be follow up. But the the objective is, you know, create a report six months, you're done, and then uh, then it's any subsequent follow up. Mm -hmm. So, um, so again, one of the things that uh, we've been successful with uh, pushing through the DAC would be the one size does not fit all approach as Dan was saying. Um, so, you know, again, we will continue to push that as well. Um, but uh, just 
so you guys are aware uh, we definitely believe that we definitely believe that recreational is is much different from commercial operations and and that uh you know we should have kind of our own carve out so you know and we've been working with uh you know a group from and i've touched on this before uh a group of at the drone integration office um and have been talking some things through about uh not only some fa outreach to the recreational community a la a recreational symposium uh where we can kind of get together and and have our own little conference and and do emerging technologies host races and and stuff like that um but uh as well as possible you know inroads to creating a different set of regulations for recreational now again that's just hearsay at this point there's no confirmation of this that or the other but um the the topic has been broached so um we're we're you know we're doing the work and uh we're we're trying our best to to make sure that we can continue what we uh love to do and i think we kind of dodged a bullet with the remote id and that's you know while not the ultimate greatest outcome in terms of what people will need to do it's much easier than what was originally proposed so um and it it makes a whole lot more sense and you know technology um permitting is not going to be super expensive um or difficult or anything um, so, uh, it should be easy to, to work with now. Um, again, you know, uh, this is really great news We're we didn't, we, we didn't approach the FAA in terms of, uh, being added to this committee. We didn't even know, uh, that they were creating it. They asked us. So that's, uh, that's a great, um, compliment. Uh, of the work that we've been doing with them and for the community um, to, to be asked to do something like this. Even so, when when uh, organizations like the AMA are not included. Um, so, and that's not, a, that's not a beat down on the AMA by any stretch. I don't know why that was. Uh, we didn't make the list, but um, you know, it's, it's a compliment to us and, and we're gonna take it as such at this point. So, um, but uh, anywho, that's all I have in terms of news. Dave, what else you got for us, sir? Uh, one more item just uh, finished up um, uh, last week. A uh, uh, was the FAA symposium, and the FAA symposium is a uh, large event. A uh, it's also jointly held with AUVSI, and it is pretty much exclusively a commercial uh, drone event. And uh, so we had, uh, I was asked to moderate a panel on recreational. And so uh, I did that with uh, Andy Graber, who is a general manager of GetFPV, Rob Lowe of the FAA, and Katie Gilmore, a drone pro and also uh, uh, works for Minnesota Department of Transportation. Uh, so it went off well, was well received. And uh, this is uh, uh, working with the commercial population or community uh, in an effort to gain uh, an understanding and uh, better visibility to recreation. So I think it was time well spent and was very well received. And uh, the, as uh, Josh was saying, uh, you know, early days discussions on, hey, it really would be nice if we had, if we're talking about outreach, wouldn't it be nice if we had a uh, an analogous event for recreational? Because 
a the FAA symposium was is expensive. It's a couple hundred dollars uh, per person uh, to attend uh, virtually, and uh, to me that's uh, extraordinarily expensive for an individual. Maybe not for a, a larger company, um, but it was uh, well received. We got uh, uh, high marks uh, for great preparation, and the uh, the session went well. And uh, we're getting uh, knock-on benefit from from that uh, people following up with us uh, who had not heard of us and uh, who were interested in working with us. So as my one of my bosses used to tell me, it's important to keep doing the dance. And so uh, this is another uh, confirmation that working uh, in and around commercial uh, uh, Part 107, as well as other commercial UAS, is critically important to us because that's uh, we provide a fantastic uh, opportunity pool of people uh, who, who may want to work in aviation, uh, as well as uh, uh, we, these folks definitely figure out that, wow, uh, FEV can be a great STEM capability in schools, and uh, uh, we, uh, they benefit from that directly. So an, uh, a positive and uh, a great session. Uh, it, it only, and it, it was a fair amount of preparation, but it uh, came off very well. And All right, perfect. Go ahead, Josh. All right, so um, Alex, what do you got for us, bud? Um, if you're interested, so MultiGP has their international open, MultiGP IO coming up uh, in August, uh, 11 to 15 in Muncie, Indiana, at AMA headquarters, and they are looking for volunteers. They are in need of volunteers to help out. Uh, events less than eight weeks away. And they're with all the different changes and stuff. They are looking for volunteers. It's a great opportunity to learn flight, learn the flight line at different tracks. Uh, look at and, all the learn the timing system. Figure out, learn more about how races work. So if I if I don't know anything about drone racing, is it still? Uh, but I want to see this because it's cool and. I want to volunteer. Is is that a good idea, Alex? Or are they looking for people who are really knowledgeable about racing? They're looking for anyone. They need help. <laughs> um, just need help. So it's yeah. August August 11 through 15. And who should they contact? Uh, go to the multi-GP. I'll actually just put a link in here. And it's the same Perfect. spot that you are to sign up if you're going to be flying at the event. And... So there's a link to the International Open page. Uh, you just put in a full-time volunteer ticket. And then if you... Uh, you could also do part-time volunteer, and then you can... And you after you complete four time blocks, you're allowed to fly, too. So if you don't want... If you want to do a little bit of both, volunteer and fly, you can do that. Perfect. With a discounted ticket, but... Yeah, multi GPs so looking for volunteers. So I assume it's a volunteer position. They're not gonna. They're not uh, paying. Yes, but they volunteer. are. They are, are they offering a break on the on the gate on the ticket? Uh, yes, it's a discounted ticket. Cool. So fifty five dollars cool. instead. And that's that's for the eleventh through the fifteenth. Yes. Cool. Cool. Sounds like a fun event. All right, so. Uh... I have the UAS safety reporting system. So we'll go live on this. 
Um, here is the website for anybody who is interested. <laughs> Got the UAS safety reporting. So uh, it goes through. It has a. Uh, different areas where it's got the FAQs. You can get that uh, kind of information. But right here at the top is the uh, submit a UAS report form. And it gives you this. This, uh, again, details the um, anonymated, uh, blah, the anonymous nature of the report. Uh, so it says the information you provide on the identity strip will be used only if NASA determines that it's necessary to contact you for further information. This identity strip will be returned directly to you. The return of the identity strip assures you're not a minute. Yeah, I can't even say that <laughs> word. But anywho, <laughs> there's too many. Took me, it took me ends a long time to be able to say anonymized. <laughs> right. So uh, if we continue into the report, you can see. Uh, let's see if I can't zoom this in. Get a little bigger for everybody. Um, there is a lot of information that they're looking for. Um, I was kind of going through some of this while Dave was chatting. Uh, so in it has uh, telephone numbers and the hours between which you can call or they can call if they need to. Uh, it's got your name and address. Again, this identity strip will be returned to you and will assure your um, anonymous nature of yeah, your Yeah, that's a report. whole lot of personal now, information for an anonymous form. Right. And uh, however, only the name, the address, and this basically your address are required in terms of that information, it seems like. But it says here, please fill in all blanks to return to ensure the return of strip. No record will be kept of your identity. Then um, we've got uh, the type of event or situation. You have airspace incursion, excursion, a collision between an aircraft, it could be two aircraft, it could be an aircraft and a person, or an aircraft and an object, a deviation, uh, a, an equipment issue, a flyaway, an injury, lost link near midair. So two aircraft less than 500 feet. So, you, Alex? <laughs> exactly, there you go. Well, I had a midair on my race this past weekend. We both recovered oh, and finished. Nice. Nice, good job. That was fun. That's awesome. I got the DVR of it, too. Oh, good. You gotta, you gotta post that up. Anytime you fly uh, with a friend, a... it's less than five hundred feet. <laughs> right. We have a sighting, and we have an uh, uncontrolled or controlled descent, which was a fall from the sky. So you know, all us freestyle pilots that like to cut our motors at, at altitude, right? Um, so it asks you if uh, how you were involved, if you were part of a multi GP or a multi person crew. And now you got me saying multi GP. Um, <laughs> Your location, uh, how long you've been manipulating the controls of UAS. So what's your total time or basically your experience with drones, uh, the time spent in the last 90 days, and the time in the current model that you were flying. <laughs> if you have any manned aircraft flight experience, if you hold any FAA certificates or ratings, um, the weather the weather, the visibility, the airspace, um, the FAA author or the airspace authorization provider. Um, this would be, you know, like your Kitty Hawk or your Aloft, sorry, or your Air Map or uh, uh, UAS Sidekick or whatever. Uh, you give information on your drone, uh, whether you were flying under what rule you were flying under, whether it was recreational or 107 or 135 or whatever. Could you, click on, could you click on the drop downs of the weight category and then the- Yeah, absolutely. So we have micro, which is, 
Oh, they don't yeah, come so up we for have, us. We um, can't see what that is. Oh, you weird. can't see that? <laughs> no. Okay. It's just sharing the that back. That is weird. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, that's weird. So you have, here, I can click this. And oh, then we see it. Micro UAS, uh, small UAS, uh, which is between 55, uh, 0.55 pounds and 55 pounds. You so have it's a like the registration UAS. size. Yeah. yeah, and then you have a medium UAS, which is at or above 55 pounds, but less than 1,320 pounds. <laughs> and then you have a large UAS, which is at or above 1,320 pounds. I need to I'd build like a to large meet the UAS. You and me both, man. Let's do it. You buy it, uh, I'll build it? <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to fly it and get, the, the way around. get permission to fly it? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> So for configurations, we have multi-rotor, uh, fixed wing, helicopter, or a hybrid, which would be like a VTOL. Um, let's see. So the rules, uh, you have 91, 107, 133, 135, 137, uh, public aircraft operations, and then limited recreational, which is categorized as uh, Section 349. Um if you have an airworthiness approval certification, if you have waivers, um, what type of operator it was. So the options are recreational, military, government, commercial, air taxi, air carrier, your missions, which there's a whole bunch of them, uh, one of which is recreational and hobbyist or photo shoot, um, agriculture, test flights, training, so on and so forth. Um, whether you were flying uh, VLOS or BVLOS? Um, did you have a visual observer? Um, what type of control mode, whether it was manual, um, flight phase that the incident happened in, which would be your takeoff, climb, cruise, hovering, descent, landing, uh, and so on and so forth. So this just goes on and on wow. and on. They gather a lot of information and then you've got the describe the event. They're even so, asking to uh, report is, if it's uh, an indoor. For who? Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely so the who what uh, for the describe i thought they didn't want the who well if i were putting in a report i would probably leave out the who but um again they are supposed to be able to go through and scrub all this information for any personally identifying information so um uh, but again, you know, there, there's a lot of information here and, um, doesn't seem like they're focused obviously on, you know, successful operations, but, you know, you could always file racing under, you know, near midair, right? <laughs> <laughs> or midair in the case of my flight. From the a collision. Yeah. Was... We'll call it a collision. There, was there any capability to query, uh, reports that are already up? Um, let's go back to the because, initial because page here. I do, I do know that they, that there are, you know, it's, it's being populated and people are using this. Mm-hmm. Let's see. The information you provide is kept confidential. Let's see. Share lessons with others. No. They offers protection against civil penalties. About Why should I report? Yeah, yeah. Okay. The, there are the FAQs. Um... I am not seeing any way to browse. 
questions or feedback, sign up, immunity. Yeah, it doesn't so look let's, like it. Let's look at this immunity. Oh, there's a whole immunity policy. Interesting. Prohibition against the... Re oh, there's a... Literally, there's a regulation against using these reports for enforcement purposes. So there you go. Good deal. Yeah. Let's see. Processing, de-identification, enforcement policy, other reports, availability of forms. Let's see. Are available for access and secure electronic filing. Uh, forms... Forms from the site may be accessed, printed, and completed by hand or accessed, but it doesn't say where I can read them. What is this? Just clicking on random stuff here. Huh. Okay. Yeah, it's not going to surprise me if it's not available. Yeah. So, but uh, pretty interesting. Oh, here you go. Right here. Yeah. Search the A -R -A ASRS database. Wow, right in front of my face. Start my search. Oh, okay. Shrink this Complicated down a search. A little bit. Uh, make model. Let's see. Let's hit the plus sign. Oh, let's see. Can you actually just oh, type, type in? Oh, you can't just type in search terms. Uh, yeah, you can up here. You, sorry, you're not seeing this. Oh, but... not seeing the whole thing. Just curious if you just typed in. Yeah, like, there's another window here that popped up. Like BVLOS, does that show up anywhere, or does FPV show up anywhere? Here, uh, give me a few seconds, and I'll make FPV show up Let's see. Okay, so maybe not make model. Let's try. Let's get rid of this. Uh, mission. Federal. Part of regulation. Okay, so can we do. 103, 107. It doesn't look like they've added the drone. Either there haven't been reports, like recreational, or part 107 in here. Nothing on part 107 because that's what uh -uh. I heard is being populated. Let's see. Maybe no they still have, because don't they have to review them to make busy. sure that they get rid of the personal They're information busy. first? They're busy anonymizing. They might still be, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they might still be doing that. I could, I could use that excuse for years if I worked there. Oh, we're, right. yeah, we're, we're, you know, we've got a backlog. Oh, yeah, you know, it's a knife fight out there. It's a knife fight. <laughs> Did you really? Let's see. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything in regards to drones yet um okay well it's good that we can uh, we can search yeah. on it if uh you know when alex reports his uh you know, his <laughs> propeller losses uh you know we you know we can we can search on those queries yeah, yeah the, propeller, the propeller loss is for ntsb <laughs> <laughs> i don't right. think that one is anonymous yeah, I would tend to agree. <laughs> I'm wondering if they haven't set up, because this might just be the straight up, the manned aviation search uh, for the ASRS database. Yeah. Maybe they haven't set up the UAS version for search yet. Could be, but it sounds like they may. So this mm -hmm. is good. Yeah. So. And we should we should note that uh, Alex uh, dropped in the chat the uh, his 
DVR of his uh, awesome video. I haven't watched it yet. I've been his midair recovery. Paying attention. Yeah, I'll definitely well, watch gonna, it. We're going <laughs> to uh, copy this link. We're going to throw it up in here, and we'll all watch it. Uh, if you look at the flag in the middle, we want to run around it three times. Got some uh, heavy metal music going there, huh? There you go. Oh. This is a fast track. Yeah, it's close. A couple times. We were like pretty much next to each other the entire time. Little figure eight. This is not sped up. No, it's not. You can look at the timer at the bottom. You can oh see that three word. times around that middle flag. Oh my word. Yep, little roundabout there. You should have seen what that was like when we had five pilots in the air. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh. That was our oh. better. Oh, wow. With recovery. Wow, that went far. Yeah. So do you just do like when in doubt, throttle out kind of thing? You hit somebody and you just full throttle and hope it recovers? No, I, I didn't full <laughs> throttle, but that was just the auto recovery from beta flight. Okay. Oh, gotcha. Because we hit, and then it pointed my quad into the ground, and then I bounced up, and then that's when it recovered from the spin. Oh, okay. And then after I got control of it again, I just went right back into the course. 3.3 <laughs> volts per Remind me to never loan you any of my drones. <laughs> Why? It's, it was only three laps. Torturing the battery. <laughs> what it was that when I was doing five laps. What, you should have seen what it was like when I was doing five or six laps. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I, I couldn't get to two minutes. Amazing level of speed. That's awesome. Yep, great job, dude. All right, yeah. well, with that, uh, I believe it's only us left, but that's um, cool. Um, there is one thing we should talk about. Uh, we should advertise more that the DAC, the Drone Advisory Committee, is coming up next Wednesday. And so anybody who mm, can should tune in and watch that either on wherever they have it streamed, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, I don't know, all over the place. Mm -hmm. and it's all of the above. Noon to 2.30 Eastern. Okay. Yep. So, yeah, uh, uh, and I don't believe Dave will be presenting this time, unfortunately, but he has done a lot of great work on these, uh, current, uh, committees. So, our, um, yep, our name, our name is, uh, yeah, in the write-ups for the thank yous on both reports. And, uh, we'll also, we'll probably get a mention in, uh, at least one of them. Awesome. Yeah. I so, see that they have uh, yeah, published, check that out. they've published the ebook for it. So if people want to see what the oh, agenda yeah. is, it's out there. Yeah, throw that link. Throw that link in there, Dan. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I think I've got this. So there's the what they call there the ebook, what I would call sort of like a outline or agenda or whatever Ooh. for the meeting. Two sixteen pages. Yeah. Well, there's I mean, there's usually know, more in that than they actually cover. Yeah, like this actually yeah, has the full true. reports yeah, it's, it's of the groups in it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slides. It should contain the slides as well as the narratives. Mm-hmm. Oh, so definitely public comments out, submitted uh, it after the last DAC meeting. Are there any? Yeah, it looks like there's one. So if people ever want the DAC to read their messages, like they they put them in the the minutes. 
Yeah, if you submit uh, questions for the DAC, they will put them in there. Um, and uh, they do uh, put that information into the meeting, too. So uh, definitely a good place to, you know, ask a question, get a response. Um, so definitely check that out. And then uh, we'll find out during that next DAC meeting what the new uh, committee assignments will be. And uh, um, we'll... Kind of see where things go, but we've report got report on that on DAC. our next meeting. Yep, and we've got uh, the DAC, we've got the uh, new BV loss uh, arc coming up, and uh, you know, so a lot of good things happening, and uh, we'll keep you updated on what's going on. So, with that, we'll let you all go. Thanks. See you in two weeks. Right. Have a good evening. Have a good night, guys. Take care.